I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here, and uh, I got four kids. They're all out of school now. Uh, and, and, you know, you watch the public school system, and you just, some places, you just, I don't know, you're afraid to put your kids there. And, you know, they don't teach the, the Bible in public schools. Uh, obviously, prayer removed long ago. Uh, and, and there's some people who say, you know, maybe we should have some religious instruction. Uh, is that a good idea? My question for you today is, is that a bad idea? I don't know. I could probably argue that both ways. Maybe I will today. But today's guest has an interesting angle and uh, is doing some work that I think you will find interesting. He is also the author of a book called During School Hours. Uh, he's the founder and CEO of LifeWise Academy. And his name is Joel Penton. And yes, for you Ohio State fans, the Joel Penton is with me today. Joel, great to have you on Live Today Live. <laughs> Oh, Randy, thanks for having me. So go Buckeyes. Yeah, go. There you go. So before we before we get into some of the maybe more contentious questions surrounding this this whole idea, give us a good idea of what LifeWise is, what you guys do, and what sort of your goals are. Yeah, LifeWise provides Bible education to public school students during school hours. And usually when I say that, people either do a double take or maybe they don't even hear or understand what I said, uh, or they start saying things about the separation of church and state. Um, but it's, it's very real, um, based on a Supreme Court ruling in 1952 that almost no one's aware of. Uh, students are able to be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction as long as the program's off school property, privately funded, and they have parental permission. Uh, however, this ruling by the Supreme Court in 1952 has really kind of just been sitting dormant under the radar, uh, not really taken advantage of. We launched a program in 2019 to um, to try to capitalize on this opportunity, and the Lord has blessed it tremendously. We started just serving two schools in Ohio, and next year we are confirmed to be in over 300 schools across a dozen states, again, teaching public school students the Bible during school hours. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, just for those uh, legal nerds out there, do you know the case, the 50, 1952 case? What what the name of it is? Oh, yes. it's. I'm sorry. Zorach versus Clausen. Okay. So anybody is like, I don't know about that. Go look it up. And nothing has happened, I'm assuming, since then to uh, reverse that decision? No, absolutely not. In fact, far from it. Um, states continue to pass laws about it's what's known as released time religious instruction. Now 26 states have laws on the books about release time. Uh, and in recent years, some states have been passing their laws or expanding their laws. And so everything is trending in, in that direction. Do you know if there happens to be anybody who's been taking advantage of this? Maybe some, uh, you know, Orthodox Jews or Mormons or anybody, is anybody, even Muslims, anybody taking advantage of this? Yeah, great question. And uh, you had your hunch is correct. Uh, those groups that have probably taken the most advantage of it are those that have a very unified um, identity and the infrastructure. And so you mentioned the Mormons. So if you were to go to Utah, you'd see that beside many of the public schools is a educational facility 
for the Mormon Church. So they've been taking advantage of this for years, as well as in many uh, predominantly Catholic communities. Huh. Uh, you know, there's a lot of these towns. I'm from Northwest Ohio, and there's some of these small towns that are almost entirely Catholic, and they'll often take advantage of it. Uh, but for the majority of communities, um, people have never even heard of it, and so we're just now trying to uh, trying to get going with it. Huh. Very, very interesting. So, what does it look like? So, I. I, I go obtain a property close to a school and work with the school to get some kind of release? Do, do they, can the school say no? Well, uh, the, some of these questions that you're starting to ask is what we believe is one of the reasons why it hasn't really spread for mm. the last 70 years is because all sorts of questions of logistics and, you know, how, how do you do this mm -hmm. sort of pop into your head. And we've realized that it's essentially like starting a private school because you do have to figure out facility transportation curriculum all, right. all of those many logistics and so what we've done with lifewise academy is we're providing all the infrastructure all the templates all of the coaching through that entire process and so what we would tell you is um, the first thing you need to do is to create uh, community support and we've systemized systematized that through basically a petitioning process uh, what we call a community interest list we'd encourage you to get at least 50 people to sign on to this community interest list because when we do eventually go to the school which is step six of ten <laughs> <laughs> we want to we want to make sure they see you know the whole community is behind us this isn't just randy's idea right mm -hmm. like the whole community wants to provide this and then yeah there there's a list of things yeah find the facility find the transportation um but it starts with building that interest is it limited to certain grade levels uh, it is not, not by law. Uh, in fact, um, students in high school in some states can receive school awarded credit mm. for their release time course, which isn't taught by the school, which is taught by local Christians. Uh, but we with LifeWise tend to start at the elementary age. And that's where we see really phenomenal participation rates. In fact, participation rates that some people don't even believe, but, but they are real. Like we have a school in Northwest Ohio. There's a thousand students in the elementary school. Uh, over 900 of them are in our program. Wow. And so uh, five days a week, five times a day, two classrooms at a time, we pick up in a bus, take them to the local YMCA, uh, teach them a Bible class, bring them back and, and get the next group. And it, it, so every student gets it once per week uh, on a rotation. Everybody gets about an hour long a Bible class. We'd like to start in elementary and then expand the program in the into the latter grades as those kids age up. Yeah, you know, I'm glad I'm glad you addressed the logistics because they're just those questions are just running in my mind. Like, like how do schools maintain security when they're turning students over to someone else for a period? You know, I mean, those those kind of things are tough. But so I mean, that's what you do is walk everybody through all that. Right. That's the, that's what we provide. All of the manuals. All of the. I mean, we have an online knowledge base is what we call it where all the forms needed and policies and procedures and you mentioned safety all those things are provided so that communities don't need to reinvent the wheel there, there have been a lot of barriers to entry yeah. to start a program like this and we've tried to remove all those barriers and what we're seeing is that now that they're removed many many communities are jumping are jumping in on this and mm. we're seeing i mean this past year we had over fifteen thousand kids enrolled in lifewise academy and next year that will more than double and so it's very possible yeah and of course by removing barriers you mean by addressing them and taking care of them and providing answers for them which is 
which is that's exactly right. Yeah. So so when you get to the curriculum, uh, who decides that? Because I know you you. I mean, you know what denominations are, right? <laughs> like, that's right. Like, who's deciding what's taught in the course? Well, we, and that's, again, one of the things we provide is we have a curriculum that we've uh, licensed and work with a, a curriculum called the Gospel Project. Many of your listeners will probably be familiar with it. it. We take students through the entire Bible, Genesis through Revelation, usually from first grade through fifth grade. They'll go through the entire Bible, and every lesson uh, kind of hits a threefold focus, head, heart, and hands. So head, what's the information on the page? Heart, how does it connect to the bigger picture of the gospel message? And so we're talking about Jesus every week, even if we're in Genesis, we're talking about Jesus. <laughs> and then hands, how does that then transform our character and what we do? And so we have a curriculum. We love the curriculum. That's one less thing the community you know, has to... Uh, I don't want to say fight about, but, you know, has to yeah, yeah, figure yeah. out. Yeah. And we know that the curriculum probably isn't perfect. Um, but what we've found is that while it might be hard for churches of different denominations to hold hands on a lot of things, it's easier for them to all grab a hold of the same thing. Yeah. And that's what we try to offer is this thing that, though not perfect, uh, is something that is solid and Majors on the majors, you know, minors yeah. on the minors, yeah. and, and everyone can grab a hold of. Yeah, so you're addressing primary issues of the gospel, not getting into secondary differences, I'm guessing. That's exactly right. Not only that, we, we train our teachers to stay away from some of those mm. topics. You know, I believe baptism is very important. I don't know how you can be a Christian without believing baptism is important. However, in LifeWise Academy, we don't teach on the mode or timing of baptism. That's just not one of the things that we feel is our role. You know, we, we teach the basic Bible stories, we teach the gospel, and then we're continually encouraging kids and their families to get connected to a local church. Yeah. We're, we're a bridge to churches. Okay, so now that raises actually a very interesting question, which is, uh, what has the churches, have the various churches response been to what you're doing in those communities? so far very very good um because we're committed to be a local church being local church driven uh we won't start a program unless there are at least three local churches in an area that are coming together um we don't want it to be a rogue you know parachurch christian endeavor the lifewise academy is a tool for local churches uh, to pick up and put to work and what we're finding is that churches self-select you know those that aren't interested in outreach, aren't interested in the gospel, um, (laughs) then, you know, then they don't get involved. Um, But we have seen broad partnership. And I think that we're kind of, it's it's a perfect storm of factors in terms of timing. And part of it is that churches are more willing to partner together now, I believe, than they have been in decades, because they see what's happening in the culture. And, you know, Peter Kreef recently said, when a maniac is at the door, feuding brothers reconcile. And that's what I think we're seeing in our communities is that there's a cultural maniac beating down the door and churches are saying, if we don't get together on some things, then I mean, then we're going to give up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you've got this book during school hours is available. And what is, what is the book? Is it more uh, sort of philosophical or is it more instructional? What's, what are they getting in the book? Yeah, well, it's really both. I mean, the subtitle of the book is why and how 
LifeWise Academy is reinstalling religious education into the public school day. And so it talks a bit about the history, how um, religious instruction was absolutely central to the, to the first public schooling in our nation yeah. uh, and, and the history of how it was removed and then makes a case for why it's so critical that we put it back, that uh, as being the foundation, when you've removed a foundation, well, you know what happens to a building, right? It, it crumbles. When you remove the hub from a wheel, it, it collapses. And, and that's what we see happening in real time. And so it talks about some of the uh, advantages or even the clear statistical benefits of academics and mental health and and uh, character that you see when religious instruction is included. And so that's the first half of the book is kind of the why. And hopefully by the end of the first half, everybody is saying, oh, boy, what is there anything we can do to make this thing happen? And, and then, of course, the second half is, yes, here's how we can do it. Here's this opportunity, which we believe is the single greatest missed opportunity to reach kids with the word of God. And it's this thing of release time religious instruction. And it tells the story of how we with LifeWise Academy have kind of stumbled mm. upon this opportunity and, and what, how the Lord is, is, uh, is using it. And so it does include, you know, how any community can get started immediately to reach their local kids. Uh, okay, great. So if anybody's interested, uh, you can pick up the book. I'm assuming they can go to the website and find out. Somebody's like, okay, this is very interesting. I want to know more. Website's the best place to go? Yes, lifewise.org. You can link to the book there. Of course, the book's available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and other places, but lifewise, L-I-F-E-W-I-S-E.org. That's where you can can have all your questions answered. We have (laughs) scores of videos and Q&A, and that's also where you can look up your own local school district. Every school district is on our website, and you can find out if there's already people in your area that are working toward launching a local uh, LifeWise Academy. We've already heard from people in over a thousand districts nationwide, wow. um, but that's where you can add your name to the list. I mentioned the community interest list and you can continue from there. Very, very interesting. All right. You mentioned uh, about, I mean, you know, you look back on the founding of the country the first, I don't know, hundred something years the Bible was in the schools, you know, oftentimes it was one of only a few books. Um, what, what happened? What did happen? You, you talk about the history in your book. What, how, how did we get so far that, I mean, you, you know, can get in trouble in some schools for even carrying a Bible, much less trying to set up a Bible study or something. How did we get there? Yeah, there's a mix of factors. What's so interesting is that the Bible was in many ways the motivation for the broad-scale education of in in early America, uh, in that uh, communities wanted their kids to be able to read the Bible. (laughs) That's why they even (laughs) began educating them all together. There's a famous, um, uh, there's a famous law, the Old Deluder Act in the 1600s, that I believe it was in Massachusetts, that said that communities have to find a way to teach their kids to read and in the law itself it said so that they won't be deceived by the devil so that they'll be <laughs> able to read the bible i mean that's how fundamental it was to um you know er- early america but as things became standardized across communities one of the things that held that in place was that each community was different right so you'd have a kind of pre- presbyterian community right. you'd have a baptist community mm. and it was very 
community oriented. As we started tying it all together by states and then by nation, certain differences had to be flattened. And then with the uh, rise of secularism and with the uh, rise of a particular view of science, uh, just little by little, things were removed. And the most conservative communities kind of ignored what was happening uh, on the cutting edge. And they thought, oh, that's not our community. That doesn't apply to us here. But then when the Supreme Court in the 40s, 50s and 60s starts then, uh, you know, putting the nail in the coffin of removing prayer, removing Bible, then it was it was too late. What what few people realize is that that glimmer of hope came in that 1952 Supreme Court ruling that says, well, kids can still be taught the Bible. You just got to do it outside the school. Hmm. You just got to do it off school property. You can still do it during the school day. And um, and so now it's time for communities to step up and do it. I, you know, I've never heard of this. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I talked to a lot of people. This is very very interesting, and it sounds like it's very doable. Um, how in the world did you get involved in this? No, no offense, <laughs> but I mean, uh, you yeah. know, right? Yeah. How did this happen? Well, that's that's. Um, I'll tell you. Uh, well, I was in your same boat when I heard about it, um, but I should have known about it because I spent a dozen years. So after I played football for Ohio State, uh, I spent a dozen years traveling and speaking full time from my platform as a former college football player. And I did evangelism with public school students. So I did a daytime school assembly on character issues. Schools would bring me in to do that. And then we would stick around. I had a band that traveled with me. We'd stick around at night and invite students to come back at night and we'd share the gospel in the evening. And so I was a professional or full-time school-oriented ministry person. And I'd never heard of this thing until I was in my hometown and a, an acquaintance of mine said, hey, Joel, we'd really like you to help us with our release time religious instruction program here in town. <laughs> and I said, this is to my friend Tim. I said, Tim, I don't, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And he said, oh, well, we take kids out of the school during the day. We teach them the Bible and then we take them back. And I said, that sounds illegal. You better not tell <laughs> many people that, you know, you'll end up in prison. And. That's when he pointed out to me the the Supreme Court ruling, the state law in Ohio that is in you know more than half of the states, and and he said he wanted me to help figure out why more communities didn't have the program. He thought you know here's the hometown guy and he's leading this growing ministry that's with schools. Maybe he can help us figure this out. I tell people that's the day that I gave up sleeping because <laughs> when I when I saw this opportunity, it just all clicked for me that this is the greatest missed opportunity. I mean, effectively, I was done speaking, and this has been my sole focus, uh, because I think that there's no reason we can't make release time, Bible education available to every one of the 50 million students in America. And we've tried it. We've spent five years now developing the tools that any community can put to work. So you went and founded LifeWise Academy in 2019, right? That's right. 2019, uh, we launched two programs. In 20, and then, 20, and then COVID. You know, six, <laughs> right. So, so six months after we launched our two programs, and we were so excited about them, 60% of kids in each one signed up. We thought, oh, no, the pandemic has destroyed things. But, you know, we continued to grow through it. And then we set a goal 
to serve 25 schools by 2025. That was our goal, 25 by 25. Mm. And the very next year in 2021, we were serving 36 schools. Mm. <laughs> and we said, oh boy, the Lord is using this. And and here we are, it's only 2023, right? And we're, we're set to serve over 300 schools next year. And uh, yeah, it's just, the Lord is good. All right, I really like this idea. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Have you been labeled a hate group by anybody yet? Have you gotten any pushback? You know, it's been the pushback while we've had some has been somewhat minimal. Um, I think it's because the schools were batting, well, about 90% of the time when, once we talk, talk to the school. And we make sure we have all our ducks in a row before we talk to the school. So I'd say that if someone's listening and thinking, I'm going to call up my local superintendent, please don't. Yeah. Follow the process. Once we sit down with the school, we're successful successful 90% of the time. I think it's for a few reasons. Number one, the schools are so desperate now for anybody to come and help as character crumbles, as the mental health crisis uh, rises. And number two, it's so clear legally. Many schools already have policies in their school board documentation on this thing of release time because now there's laws about it but they don't even realize it. We'll go onto their website. We'll print off their own policy <laughs> and we'll take it in and we'll say, hey, you see this policy that is your policy? We'd like to start utilizing it. And they say, they say, sure, you know? <laughs> and so there's been just a couple groups, but for the most part, no, because it's all parent permitted. Uh, it's not compulsory. <laughs> if parents want their kid to receive a Bible lesson instead of, have their library time at the school that's ungraded mm -hmm. or, or whatever it is. There's a few ways it works. But if the parent wants that, nobody has a very good reason to complain, except for the very small minority of people who think that the Bible is somehow harmful. But the truth is, not many people actually think that. Most people think a bit of Bible in my kid's life would do some good. <laughs> you, you think we took it out and look where we're at in society and in schools now. Oh, that's interesting. There's, you know, the um, the theory of when, when are things actually going to turn? Well, when they get bad enough, you know, that people right. are desperate for, for something else because what we're doing isn't working. I think in a lot of ways, especially in a lot of schools, we're there. Uh, oh, yes. I, I'm, and, and I'm guessing you, are you running into something where it's almost like a sigh of relief? Like, oh, gosh, yeah, if you could do something to you know to help with the problems very real problems that kids are facing and bring to school with them seems like there would be a lot of support for that oh there, there's a, a bunch of support again we'll, we'll run into the occasional administrator who's hesitant um but many are you know they're saying wow finally there's something that that we can do you know i didn't realize this opportunity was there this is going to be wonderful I mean, we've had administrators that w that are essentially beg, especially in inner cities, that are essentially begging us. You know, mm. how soon can you get to our school? <laughs> yeah, um, right. We know we're dealing with a school yeah. district that has over a hundred school buildings, and the principals are almost fighting over which one can have the program first mm. um, because there is such a need, and it's not a secret. When people act surprised that oh what do you know bible education resulted in improved behavior hmm. you know that's not there's actually not a surprise to anybody <laughs> everybody knows the kids who have religion in their life have bible education in their life that it has positive fruit that mm -hmm. those are the 
types of it it uh, creates those qualities in students that are those you want in your students yeah i mean yeah i mean we've taken so much of you know civilized behavior out of the schools that it's no wonder that some of them are in such bad shape and uh, you talk about this need and the expansion and the growth i'm guessing you need volunteers if someone's watching this and they're like well that'd be great i'd love to teach that kind of thing i mean do you have opportunities for people right now even if it's not if it hadn't well if someone else has maybe started it in your area i would just think there'd be a lot of opportunities how do you how do you get those people Oh yeah, it it takes an army of people, um, and it is all through the website. And so, um, I would say there's no one listening right now who can't be involved in at least some way. And 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 by some way, I mean it could be as simple as finding your school, adding your name to the list, mm-hmm. so that then when the list is taken to the school, it's one more name on mm-hmm. the list that mm-hmm. that is powerful. You know, even even better add your name to the list and then take that link where you signed the list, which is your school district page on our site and send it out to 10 people via text or, or post on social media. And so the, in the smallest way you can participate, but then, yeah, when it comes time to, there are classes, you could be a teacher, you could be a volunteer that uh, walks students to and from, if it's an adjacent property, right. or you could be a bus driver to bus the students to and from, if it's down the road, uh, obviously you can be a donor. You, that, it, it will take, a whole community of Christians to pull this off. Yeah. And yet where the idea and the concept is taking root, the Christians, the church is showing up mm. in a beautiful and amazing way. They're saying, Oh wait, we can teach the Bible to our public school students in my town. Well, then you just tell me where to show up. Mm-hmm. You just tell me how big of a check you need me to write. You just tell me what, you need me to do because I had lost hope. I thought the public school system was gone. No, we can teach kids the gospel as part of their education. In my hometown now, 95% of kids attend LifeWise Academy and uh, are taught the Bible every week. That's amazing. One one question. Uh, have you gotten into Canada yet? Is it? I'm sure it's a little bit different up there. We haven't yet. Um, every now and then it comes up about it. it. There's been now a handful of countries people ask us about. We're still trying to figure out the USA thing. <laughs> okay. we're, 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 we're off to a good start, but uh, soon enough we'll, we'll be open to conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you've got a big field to work here, so no doubt about yep. that. All right. I want to show people the website. This is lifewise.org, lifewise.org for those of you listening. Uh, and if you if you can see that, you'll see, you'll see the book there. Um, because that just came out, so there's some promotion of that. But find your school right there. You scroll yep. down, scroll down a little more. Start a LifeWise. So and donate. So you know, big checks, right? Um, this is this is fascinating. This is doable. And and what you know what I love about this is that you've already proven it. It's working. Right. Uh, so right. yeah. Last word. Yeah, what, 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 what have I not asked you that people need to know? Because I think this is fabulous. Oh, that's a good question. We hit curriculum. We, I mean, I think we've covered it, but it, it is as simple as we have a saying, we have this 10 step launch process and we have this saying, and that is no skipping steps <laughs> that we, and now that we've done it literally 300 times, mm. um, you know, we've dialed in some things and it, it can be very typical that someone will hear this concept and they'll think this sounds great. Oh, but I don't know how I'm going to, 
figure yeah. out how to do this. And yeah. we'd say, well, you, 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 don't, you don't have to figure out how to do it. <laughs> you know, step one, collect those 50 signatures. And so lifewise.org, yeah. select find your school. You can find any district in the nation, any school district, add your name to the list, and then trust the process after the list. We'll do a meeting, then we'll have a steering committee. That steering committee will meet with our team to formulate a plan. That's what's taken to the school, and then we're off to the races. And so I guess I can't say it enough times. Likewise.org and click find your school. Find your school. I love it. I, I, I think this is this is really cool. Uh, so thank you for what you're doing, giving your life to it, for not sleeping, uh, and for taking the time to share with our audience today. Appreciate you, man. Oh, thank you so much, Randy, for having me. It's an honor. All right. If you're watching and you want to do this, go there now, lifewise.org, lifewise.org. And if you know somebody uh, who you think they, they would be interested in this, hit that share button and let them know. Uh, this is this is a huge opportunity. We need to take advantage of it in, in a good, godly way. Uh, and if you haven't liked or followed or subscribed, I would ask you to do that. And I'll bring you more great information and inspiration and some entertainment coming up. we got some good guests. So look forward to seeing you back here on Life Today Live. Be true to what you said on paper.